Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're listening to The Sane Show, the show about nothing and everything. I'm your host, Cliff. And today, I have joining us producer at MSNBC, Marcus Haroon. How you doing, Marcus? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Cliff. Yeah, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to come on The Sane Show, especially with everything that's going on now. So, But I'm really excited to have this conversation with you, and I expect this to be really fun and hope the listeners get a lot out of this as well, which I know they will. So really quick, before I introduce the topics, I want to take and shout out the listeners. I want to shout out all the listeners across all 50-plus countries. I want to thank you guys for continuing to show your support and continuing to like, share, subscribe, and continue elevating the same show to new levels. I really appreciate it. It really means a lot. Continue to do that and keep helping us out and keep getting the word out about the same show. And if you're listening and you don't already follow us, make sure to follow us on IG and Twitter at the same underscore show. Again, that's same S-A-N-E underscore show. And then you can find us on Facebook at the same show. Again, on Facebook, the same show. So today... We're going to be talking about the perception of journalists, mainstream news outlets, and how they're keeping pace. Follow interview with you, Marcus, so that the listeners can learn more about you, your career as a news producer, and all the fun things that come with that as well. So let's go ahead and hop right into it with the perception of journalists. So we were having a conversation about this prior to the recording, and obviously sharing my thoughts with you about all of this. And Again, being the circumstances are what they are, you know, we're dealing with a pandemic and the world's freaking out, everything is shutting down. And in the middle of all, in the midst of all of this, you know, you have the journalists and the news organizations having to report and keep people informed. And like I mentioned earlier, and as you know, the news is more important than ever because people need the news. People want to stay informed. And it's just like I said on the last, on the other recording, even people that don't watch the news are watching the news now mm-hmm. because this thing is, this thing is serious, but not to really focus too much on that. But one of the things with the current environment, everybody or the news business in general is catching a lot of heat because of the reporting and especially when we talk about the perception of news journalists. And you know, one of the things that came to mind when I was putting this together is there seems to be some distrust amongst people that either don't watch the news or people that watch the news and they get frustrated with the news. What's your take on all of this as a news producer, especially someone that works for a cable news organization like MSNBC? I think that it is one of the most important times for people to be paying attention to the news and I take it to be a huge responsibility and I take that responsibility very seriously in my job knowing that we have so many people tuning in looking for the vital information the people in our communities are looking to us to find out what's happening how to stay safe where the hot spots are what they can do to help their families what you can do medical-wise, but then also what you can do for those financially. People are hurting in all sorts of ways right now, and they're also home. So when you're home, you see more people tuning in to TV than almost any other time because they're all there at the same time watching the news. And so having what people need on 
24-7 at any moment up to the date is super important. And I take my job very seriously all the time. I act like the whole world is watching all the time with the content that I'm producing, making sure that it is tip-top shape. But right now, I know that more eyes are on us and we have a bigger responsibility than ever. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And one of the things you know, I thought about is the, the whole thing about fear, especially I'm looking around social media now and everyone's talking about, well, why aren't they reporting the amount of people recovering, right? Why aren't they reporting the curve globally flattening in, in other countries? And my take on it, because if you ask me in the early part of all of this, a small part of me said, okay, maybe we are overreacting just a little bit. Maybe the news organizations are trying to scare us. And now it's completely different. And, and this was probably a week or two after this outbreak, like where I'm like, okay, no, they're not trying to scare us. They're, they're trying to keep us informed. And my perspective on it is, okay, yes, people are recovering. Yes, in other places around the world, the curve is flattening. But then here, that's not the situation. So when I think about it and I look at all of these people that complain about the news organizations not reporting recovery rates and curve flattening out in other places, like what should be happening here, I say, well, to, to that, I say, well, that's not the case here. We lead the world in cases right now. So to, to go back to the reporting part of that, basically, it's like we need to be realistic about our situation and what we need to do. Because, yes, it gives us hope when we can see in other places that this whole thing is working out. But we need to be focused on what's going on here in the homeland domestically. You understand where I'm coming from? Because for me, it's like it's not much so trying to drive fear. It's just, again, it scares people because it's like, hey, how I look at it, it's like you need to wake up and you need to pay attention to what's going on. And I just kind of, when I look at it now, it makes me take a step back and really think about what these news organizations, outside of the situation that we're dealing with now, mm -hmm. but as far as like other situations, like I said to you earlier, we're trying to find someone to blame. And some people, again, are blaming the news organizations. And it's, it's like Chris was saying when I talked to him, and he was saying that, you know, the news organizations can only report but so much, too, as far as like, because you guys are going off the information that you're getting from experts. Right. And so like, you can only be ahead of so far ahead of the curve. Go ahead. There are millions of people tuning in to our newscasts and tons of newscasts around the country. Every mm -hmm. single one of these million people individually is a person with a diverse background, with a diverse livelihood, prospects, what they've done before, what they plan to do, different interests, different family members, different background. With that... We also have the huge geographic area that we're covering. We're not just covering your town. We're covering the entire country and sometimes the entire world. That is one reason why I understand the perspective of sometimes when people are criticizing because it's coming from their perspective. When you're in a state where when people were in a state that had no cases of coronavirus at the time, which at this point is none because every state has it, but... At the moment, 
Alaska has the fewest with 174 cases. So Alaska is a huge state, geographically huge. If you live in a place that's nowhere near any of those cases, you're like, why are they talking about this 24-7 on TV? If you had that perspective, I would understand. But then if you look on the other end of the scale, I live in New York, and there's almost 100,000 people in the state that I live in have a case of the coronavirus this is the only thing that anyone can think of you walk down the street you're talking about coronavirus you see on twitter and facebook you're talking about coronavirus so if the news is talking about coronavirus it only makes sense because from your perspective it may not be affecting you at the moment but just like there were many states that had no cases and now all 50 states have cases if we didn't talk about it ahead of time, more people could have had it. And eventually when they do have it, it may be relevant information to you if you feel that it's not relevant to you at the moment. So it is important to look ahead when we're hearing from experts and we're, and we're hearing the unfortunate projection yesterday, even from the president and the administration, that 100,000 to 200,000 people in our country, United States, may end up passing away from this. That's more than the last several wars altogether. So if you had wall-to-wall coverage of the Iraq war, then having the Iraq war, the Afghanistan war, the Gulf war, all the, the series of the last few wars, if you add up all the death toll, they're expecting the coronavirus death toll in the United States to be higher which is so crazy and so tragic. But here we are with a few thousand people who have died. Tragic for every one of them, but there are a lot of families that are going to be affected that are not yet. And that is scary and sad. But what we need to do is prevent that, make that number as low as possible, try to keep as many people safe as possible. And one way to do that is to stay informed. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's why... It changed my perspective from looking at it like they're just trying to scare people like, no, this is what's actually happening. And I even took a stance and say, you know what? Some people need to be scared, need to have that fear put into them. Because if you ask me, I think a lot of times people don't understand the seriousness of the situation, which is why we're dealing with it. Because, yes, I will go out on a limb and say that the administration failed us as far as things that we need to keep this thing in control. But as a people, it's up to us to do our part and do what we need to do until we find a solution to the problem. And then that's where it comes in. Okay, we need to be informed because trust me, every chance I get and I see something coming out and it's like it may have like increased death toll or these, you know, this X amount of people are have gotten sick. I'm going to share it. Those people need to be aware People need to understand because everybody does it. People need to understand. You're absolutely right. And even an example within the news business, I think people didn't take it seriously. It's true. There's definitely people today that are not taking it seriously. But even if we take a step back three, four weeks ago, there were a lot more people not taking it seriously. A lot of people not realizing how important these guidelines are. A lot of people saying, yeah, well, I have to go out or I don't think that I'm going to get it, so I'm just going to go out. Then within the news business, 
We were going to work every day. It was normal. We were reporting on the coronavirus, but we were heading into the city. We were heading into New York City, into Rockefeller Center, where my office is, where the control room is. And the Rockefeller Center is a tourist destination. There are thousands of people in there every day, in addition to the thousands of employees that work at NBC and the other companies that are in the building. You're on public transportation with thousands of people. We're reporting news that's saying you need to stay distant from people. You really shouldn't get in crowds. Meanwhile, I'm heading to a building with thousands of people to report this news. Then CBS News got its first confirmed case. I don't work at CBS, but it's another big news organization that's in the same metropolitan area that I work in. And everyone really got scared. They really realized, wow, if a CBS News employee could get it, they had to evacuate their whole building. CBS News actually shut down for a few days. Their newscasts were still on, but stations around the country and other states had to provide the content, the anchors, the producers to produce that content because they were quarantining people who were at CBS News. They shut down all the studios, all the control rooms, everything at the New York Bureau of CBS News because they needed to clean the building, make sure none of their employees got even more sick. So this is within the news business. We had to deal with this. And then NBC looked at that and said, wow, uh, do we want to shut down all our control rooms and have to have our D.C. Bureau and our L.A. Bureau run all of our shows? We're on 24 hours a day. That's a lot of work to put on a few people. We need to change our systems. We need to really get in gear and take this seriously. So the people reporting it, I'm saying, even started taking it a lot more seriously when it really hit home. And I think that is kind of an example of what's happening to everyone individually in whatever business that you work in, whatever school that you go to, you may have a similar experience to that. And so did we. All right, now we're back. Now we're going to talk about mainstream news outlets keeping pace with the independent news outlets those like vice now this young turks network before i say what i have to say i want to ask you as a cable news producer what are your thoughts about how cable news networks are doing compared to independent news networks or your idea of what the landscape looks like now that there's an increase in independence news there are media organizations of all sorts of sorts and sizes shapes and sizes that are based out of all different places that are able to now get a relatively large reach because of the internet i think the internet is an amazing place because it is able to level the playing field for a lot of people yes our shows are reaching a million plus people on TV every day, and our broadcast networks are meet, reaching three, four, five, six million people every day. And in the past, that used to be the end of it. You had to work at NBC to be able to have that kind of reach, to have that kind of viewership. Now, as you know, I'm sure you follow people either on TikTok or Instagram or any social media page that has never worked at any big organization, big corporate entity, 
and they're able to get a few million people watching their right, content, right. whether it be news or not news. But I think that it's amazing because not everyone has the same opportunities. Not everyone grows up with being able to have the funds to go to college. Not everyone has that degree, which could be the entryway to an internship, which can be the entryway to a job that later leads to a job at NBC News. So if you have the drive, if you have the ability, if you can work really hard, and if you can create something, you can end up having a following on your own. And then people are sprouting up these independent news organizations and everything. In terms of how we're keeping up, I would say I respect all journalists out there, whether they work at a a well-established competitor of ours or one of the new competitors of ours. I'm watching and reading news every single day, my days off, and while I'm at work, I have all the competitive stations up on a big screen in front of me at all times. I'm watching all our competitors, but I'm also scrolling through social media. I'm watching now this news videos. I'm reading Washington Post stories. And I'm friends with people who are sharing things from whatever news sources they're following. And it's all good. They're all things that can lead us to story ideas or to have a conversation. On MSNBC, we have a lot of discussions. The source of that discussion point can come from anywhere. I often find an interesting tweet, whether it's a professional journalist, someone that that works for us, or someone out in the public. They make an interesting point in a tweet, and then I can bring it up to a a presidential candidate and say, Joe from Wisconsin was wondering why on earth is this certain policy happening? Meanwhile, these people are whatever the case is. And we now can, it's kind of like everyone working together. We we're seeing what's out there and we're able to raise the discussion because we have the lawmakers on our show. So uh, I kind of think that the internet is helping us and also helping everyone. Okay. So, and I agree. I agree. Cause it, because the, the biggest thing you and you're well aware of this, because you can go kind of going back to the distrust thing, information, and especially when I look at some of these independent networks and they attack the cable networks about misinformation or taking sides or pushing certain agenda. And I don't want to get political, but I really didn't think about this until I sat down and wrote down my my notes for this topic because coming into this i'll be honest you know i was like yeah i agree with the independent networks that the cable networks are pushing an agenda and are being selective on what they want to report in the data that they want to choose especially certain networks i won't name but they seem to be extremely selective and to most their data seems to be way off and misinformed as well when I hopped on with you and I was going through my notes with you for the recording, I actually kind of thought about it. And I was like, well, it goes both ways, especially when we talk about where these different news organizations tend to fall or at least appear to fall on a political spectrum. The same can be said for independent news networks as well. So the same argument could be made as far as them being selective as to the data points they like to pull or the candidates, even political candidates they like to highlight. You you understand where I'm coming from on that? And that's where 
for me, it comes down to, okay, the audience, because it's a business at the end of the day. Who are, who's your audience? Who do you want to cater to? What are they looking for? And then you go and report that. So when, when we talk about, I, I don't want to actually get into that because that's actually one of the interview questions as far as like the, uh, the audience, but what are, what are your thoughts around all of that as far as, you know, the different news organizations, the data that they pull and again, that whole political thing and also maybe having an agenda? I think that there are agendas in some of the independent news organizations that you mentioned. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. If you are to fully agree with what is being said all the time, you likely are the target audience for that media, whatever it is. I think it's actually good if you agree and disagree with what you're watching because that is how things work. Everyone's different. And having disagreements is not a bad thing. But if you only are hearing things that you agree with all the time, you may be watching a source that is is biased or slanted in one way. I think that uh, one point that I would ask you and all your listeners to think about when you are worried about a news organization or worried about misinformation is I can tell you what it's like working there and everyone that I work with are honest, hardworking journalists. It's been like that since I worked in local news and it's like that now. I think of the people who are creating the content as people as opposed to a big corporation that's putting down this information that kind of sounds like it could be evil, it could be scary, it could be controlling or whatever the mm -hmm. case is, versus thinking of Marcus going to work every day and saying, here are the stories that I just read about that are very important and let's start putting them in the show. Let's make sure we educate people on the latest numbers of what's happening. Let's tell people what they need to know. Everyone that I've worked with, there's no one who is trying to throw our viewers in a certain direction. Uh, the people that I work with are journalists. They're people who want to educate people, want to tell people what's going on. That's why I got into the business and that's why I do what I do. There are more opinionated journalists. There are more shows that are have more opinion in them. They're not the ones that I work on. But when you're watching a real journalist and you're hearing people being questioned, you have to think of it as, as a person. If it was your job to go there and to do that every day, you're putting in your opinion as in, while wow, my grandma is dealing with a, a healthcare issue, so then when we're covering healthcare, maybe I will bring up issues that seniors are dealing with. Or my brother just got laid off. We really need to make sure that we're looking at people who are being laid off. It's all perspectives, but it's not necessarily trying to ruin your life or to take you in another direction than where you were. It, it's to be educating you. It's to be telling you what people in this world are dealing with, actual real people, not hypothetical people who are in some kind of game. These are real people. I can agree. And, that, and that's why I said before we started, you know, I was like, I hope I'm not being too hard on you. Or I, don't, I don't go too hard on you. Again, it, it always, it, especially for me, there's someone that I'm speaking with in that 
I may not have the best opinion about, but when I speak to them, I'm going to treat them like a person. I'm going to treat them with respect and I'm going to hear them out, even though I may not agree, but I ha- I come out with, with some sense of understanding. And that is why I wanted that. And that's why I'm glad to have you on because I'm all about understanding at the end of the day and being able to be able to like talk to people like you because I don't work at MSNBC. I'm not in Rockefeller Tower, so I don't know what goes on in there. So for someone like yourself to come on and give that kind of insight, it, I mean, yes, like there, we we tend to miss that, right? We people like me, we're not thinking about who's producing, who's writing, who's doing the research. We're yeah. we're just thinking about who's on the screen and what they're saying. <laughs> so I I really appreciate that because that's something that we all need to think about when we, when we look at these programs. And one, one other thing I wanted to ask at before I wrap up the segment is that even with news, I believe going off of facts and I'm, I'm sure you do too. With facts, you cannot ignore facts. <laughs> Especially when right. they come from reputable institutions or organizations and there seems to be a general consensus amongst the, the people in that field, i.e. scientists. <laughs> And therefore, it's like, if the facts say this is what we should be doing, this is what we should be doing. We're not pushing an agenda. You are absolutely right. The facts are important. The laying it out plain and simple, what the information is, citing the sources, who this information came from, who's providing it is very important. It's a core of what we do. It's a core of what journalists do and bringing the information that a lot of it is actually available to you. If you were to spend eight hours researching on the internet with your Wi-Fi, you could probably get a lot of the base information that we have uh, to write our scripts with. But you're watching for 15, 20 minutes on the news. That meant that a few dozen people researched for their eight-hour shift, got all the information, and packaged it up for you. it's to help you out. It's to give you the information. The internet is great and it has the information out there. You can back it up after you watch, but we're, uh, we're out there trying to uh, deliver the information to people in the best way that we can. All right. Now for the interview. I love this part because I always get to find out cool things about my guests. So I'm going to ask you a few questions so the listeners can learn more about you, the things you do, and all of that kind of cool stuff that comes with your career as a news producer for MSNBC. Great. So my first question to you is, what are some of the challenges of being a producer? One of the challenges of being a producer is just the sheer amount of work required that goes into the day-to-day when we have a newscast where we know we're having so many people around the world looking to us for information, we have to make sure that what's in there is really great. It can't be below average. It can't be average. It can't be good. It needs to be great. So when we know that people are depending on us, when you're, if you have a kid, when you know that your kid is depending on you, you know you have to do a good job. When you know there's a million people that are depending on you, You have to really give it your all. You have to make sure you have the most updated numbers. You have to make sure that you are 
researching to the best that you can, asking the best questions that you can, going as far as you can in your research to make sure that everything is absolutely right, all the spelling is absolutely right, the tone, everything that you're putting together is the best that it could be because you know that people are looking to you, they're looking for help, they're looking for insight, they're looking for education, and you want to deliver every time. Right. So what's been your experience working in the news business, specifically at MSNBC? What would you like to know? There's a lot to it. As far as just being there, like the culture and because I know you kind of touched on it, too, as far as the people that you work with and just that insight as far as your time there, all of the things that come along with being at a major cable news network like that. There are a lot of people working on every show that you watch. Uh, sometimes there's one anchor on a show, sometimes there are two, but behind the anchor, there is a huge team of people. Occasionally you hear them talk about their producer or their producers. I don't think that everyone realizes behind every hour of news, there's at least 20, 25 people of just gathering the content. That's not even including the people who are doing everything technically, running the satellites, running the cameras and everything. So there's a huge staff of people behind every hour that you're watching. So there, it, there's a ton of research going into it. I worked in local news for five years before I came to MSNBC. So there were a lot fewer resources there. I think that we did an amazing job with what we had. I was an executive producer in Connecticut and we had, we're doing a seven hour show with limited resources and we did the best that we could. Now we're here at MSNBC and I'm walking into Rockefeller Center, the bright lights, the crowds, the Christmas tree is out there. There's like people flock to this building. There's the Today Show, there's NBC Nightly News, SNL is in the building, uh, The Tonight Show is in the building. There, there's a lot of history there. They don't play around. Everything is fact-checked by multiple people. There's no sense where we're lacking in people. There's uh, more people than I've ever seen working on the set. There's more people than I've ever seen making sure that the numbers are right and the spelling is right and that the graphics are perfect and that the sound sounds good and cutting the video. There is a lot of delegation, which is great. And then there's a, a lot of oversight, which is great to make sure that what we're putting out there, everyone and anyone makes typos. If you have four or five people's eyes on it, checking it over, you're most likely going to catch it, which is a lot better than if you're in local news and you only have one or two people that have a chance to look at it before it goes out on the air. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty serious stuff. And don't take this as me attacking you guys, but how tough is it to remain neutral? Especially I'm thinking at times when you have situations where the data says this is what needs to be done and it appears to support a certain agenda, again, like with climate change. So in those, those kinds of situation, if it is, how, how tough may it be to remain neutral? Personally, I don't find it tough at all. I've known since I was in middle school that I wanted to go into journalism. I knew that journalists need to remain unbiased and 
I don't talk publicly about my political opinions, and I've been that way since I was 14. People would ask me a question. I'm just like, I'm going to be a journalist. Can't talk about this. Sorry. <laughs> it, it's it's funny to think about when I was so young that I was worried about it, but that that's I'm one of those people. I'm a journalist through and through, and I know what the facts are, and this is actually a case where when you have all these numbers, we have spreadsheets and spreadsheets of data from all the different states uh, related to the coronavirus, for example. And I can just look through the data. I can take the important data. I can, I can put it in a graph. I could put it in a chart. I could put it in a script. I could put it in a graphic that goes at the bottom of the screen. I can really use the data and the facts to lay out the story. And our viewers are smart. We know the people who are tuning in have have a strong background in news. We, our viewers watch us multiple days a week usually. So we know we don't need to spell out things from A to Z because they already have a, a general sense of what's happening in the world. So when we have that as a case, I know I can just tell you what's new. I can bring up the latest facts, what the governor's saying, what the president is saying and as a smart viewer if i play the soundbite you're gonna know <laughs> you're gonna know it, it, it's pretty obvious there are opinion journalists who who do spell it out i'm not one of the people who do that i'm gonna play the soundbite if it's ridiculous and you hear it and it's ridiculous i don't need to say it's ridiculous i this is what was said today by whatever official, local leader, whatever the case is. And we can move on with the discussion. We have a lot of people, we have a lot of contributors that come on the air. They're the ones that can bring their perspective. They have their opinions. But in terms of what I do, I'm writing straight facts every day. I'm putting in the data. I'm putting in the information. The contributors, the viewers can take that where they want with it. But I'm I'm going to lay out the facts, and there there's so many facts. <laughs> there's so much to know. There's so much to learn. So uh, there's no nowhere where we're lacking in data. And so if we start with that, any opinions that a viewer forms or anyone else that forms from watching is going to be an educated one, and that makes sense. And my last question to you. How much impact does the audience have on news reporting, if any? Our viewers are why we do what we do. The people that are listening to us on our radio streams or our podcasts, the people who are watching us on YouTube or on NBC News Now or on MSNBC on TV or wherever it is that, it, that people are consuming our content, they are why we do what we do. So as a result of that, it, it's really important that if there are questions that our viewers have for officials, there really is not going to be a time where you personally are going to be able to walk down the street and talk to the president of the United States. That is such a rare occurrence. But if our viewers are sending us Facebook messages, are sending us emails, are sending us tweets, our anchors read what's on social media. Our producers read what's on social media. And if there is a really intriguing question that wasn't asked yet that is coming from you, we will ask the president of the United States. We'll ask a senator. We'll ask the mayor. 
whatever the case is, we have the access because of what we do in our job, but we don't have all the ideas. We don't have all the thoughts. So viewers, I would say, are important because they're the ones who are watching. They're the ones that we're serving. That's why we go to work every day. In local news, it was even more obvious to me because I received every email that came into the network. It was crazy. I had millions of emails. <laughs> I, have, I have millions of emails now, but they're from MSNBC. Previously, I used to get all the public emails that would come in, all the questions people have, uh... all the crazy things that people would <laughs> in and just be like, why are you saying this? Why are you doing this? Clearly a whole range of things. But there's we have a lot of smart viewers. You have a lot of people who are saying, I was a, a school teacher for the last 30 years. I know how things are in a classroom. And our viewers who are teachers know better about teaching than I do. I'm a TV producer and I know about what I do. If you have a if you have an input on it, when we're talking about the stimulus checks, the relief checks that are coming to people, the people who are working in restaurants that lost their jobs know better about what the process of applying for unemployment is like than I do. I'm fortunate that I, I have my job. So if they had a problem with working on the unemployment website and then they write into us, I'd be happy to take that issue when the governor comes on our show which happens all the time to ask him the questions from our viewers so it is a it's a relationship that is like the circle of life the viewers are watching us they are giving us critiques but they're also giving us valuable content and questions that then we are taking and keeping in mind and providing when we are creating our shows that's very insightful information really is and i really enjoy talking to you <laughs> and having you on the show definitely with a lot of things that you said really you know stuck out to me and that i hope the other listeners and i know they will definitely you know take those things away as well uh, so thank you for you know coming on and having this conversation with me and answering those questions as well then thank you again for you know taking time out of your schedule to come on Thanks for having me. This is a really cool podcast. I'm glad you have so many people tuning in and hearing your insightful questions. This was a ton of fun. And I know that right now things are a little crazy uh, in the world. I hope that when people come to the news, they're able to get something useful to take away. And I feel the same thing with your podcast. People can can get something from it. So thanks a I lot. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And thank you again to the listeners for continuing to listen. You know, continue to like, share, subscribe, and get the word out about the same show. Uh, and help continue our global growth. <laughs> but thank you guys. Thank you, Marcus. And you guys are listening to the same show, the show about nothing and everything. And until next time, we're out.